0: When Eurovision again show the '91 contest, that opens up with what is probably a tala disco adjacent. Celebrate those very plastic sounds. It's so fascinating to me. Why?
1: Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode 170 for the week of October 17th, 2022. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. This week, we'll be celebrating the 2023 host city and talking about a tallow disco. Two things that go great together. How's it going, Ben?
0: It is good. We are recording this one kind of early because, as we mentioned last episode, uh, we're both Doing travel things. Yes,
1: but we were able to find enough time to record this since they just announced what city will be hosting Eurovision next year.
0: Yeah, host city where? Host city now. It's Liverpool. I know that last episode we were slightly more enthused by the idea of a Glasgow contest, but one thing that I realized we had not talked about is yes, the Glasgow bid felt like a very safe bid, but Liverpool really had the story and the narrative and was really fighting for it. The second they were on the candidate list, they had Sonia on Breakfast TV. They have really been playing up their Ukrainian connections. They really wanted it. Yeah,
1: and I think that's something that gets lost on the U.S. side of things. We're not part of the daily conversations of this. We get a little bit of it from our individual Twitter feeds. Like, I've got a lot of U.K. people on my Twitter. I apparently just have, like, a lot of
0: Scottish people in mind.
1: Yeah, so even then, you're still getting just kind of, like, one side of the conversation. We're not really getting a sense of, like, what's in the water, which one really has been putting up the fight. I didn't really get a sense of how much of a fight either city was putting up, Uh, just that they... We're in contention. Liverpool will be fine. I know I was almost slanderous in the last episode, and <laughs> I stand by my slander. No, um, <laughs> but it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Like everybody's really excited about it, and yeah, it, and it's Eurovision. It'll be it'll be great. Looking forward to May 9th, eleventh, and thirteenth, uh, which will be the two semifinals and the grand final. Somebody pointed out that is the exact same dates that. Eurovision fell when Ukraine hosted in 2017, which, I mean, that's just how calendars work. But I thought that was like a nice little coincidence as well.
0: We're going to pretend that that one's on purpose. Happy knowing which week made a request off of work, everybody.
1: Oh, I still need to do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the time this episode goes out, we'll probably have the list of participating countries and maybe some other logisticky type details, but we'll have to catch up with that in November since we won't be able to record again until then. So in lieu of a real episode... We are pulling an episode from our Patreon to share with you to give you a hint of what is going on over there.
0: This is the episode we gave our Patreon subscribers in June, shortly after the contest, just sort of talking a little bit more in depth about that Italo disco interval act. I was very excited by the promise of an Italo disco act and wanted to dive into like what that genre was, what we ended up hearing as part of the contest, and sort of like how that genre con- continues to evolve.
1: Yeah, it's a really fun discussion, a lot of fun music clips. If you are interested in joining our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash euro what? Everybody who is a Patreon member has access to our bonus episodes. We also did our coverage of the American Song Contest over on Patreon. So if you're interested in reliving that or finding out what – I was going to say what the fuss was about, but I don't recall there being much fuss. No, there, no, there was not fuss. <laughs> but like, if you
0: would like to listen to us slowly descend into madness, we often record those minutes after the episodes finish, and it was just a real, a real time.
1: If anything, it's a historical record that, yep, that really did happen. So... <laughs> Hopefully you enjoy this episode and check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eurowhat.
0: Hello and welcome to Just Asking Questions, the Eurowhat's Patreon podcast. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Ciao. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of things adjacent to the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the music genre Italo Disco.
1: Yeah, I am very curious about what this episode is going to have in store. Uh, I came in as blind as possible to this. The clip package that you sent me is just like, oh, there, there there's a lot
0: of ground to cover here. So. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, there is. Uh,
0: yeah, and like I have rigged up a soundboard... I have sent you half of a playlist. Oh, it's only half. Oh okay. yeah, no, I sent you I sent you half the playlist. I sent you just sort of like the Italo disco we're going to be talking about, and then there's just like a fun section where you're going to discover what happens to it after the 80s. I found a lot of interesting dots to connect in a very Eurovision way, so I'm just kind of pleased. As the various, what is going to happen in Turin, news kept dropping. I got very excited because they said during the first semifinal that there was going to be a salute to Italo disco. And then I mostly spent the time sitting on my sofa watching the stream of the contest, naming various tracks that were not being played. So were you underwhelmed by that? When I started looking at, okay, what songs do I want them to play, I quickly realized, oh, these are all sort of like five to seven minute long songs that are just kind of a vibe. What they picked actually does connect to Italo Disco and is Italian dance music. This felt like a ripe topic for this particular podcast, I wanted to dig into the genre a little bit more and discuss what we did get to hear bits and pieces of and how it intersects with Eurovision itself. Awesome. So before I dive into talking about what Italo Disco is, what do you know about Italo Disco, Mike? Not much, honestly. I was also excited about the Italo
1: Disco homage during the first semifinals. This seems like something that should be my jam, and... For whatever reason, it's not an area that I've particularly explored. It feels kind of like the sort of stereotypical version. Like if you said Eurodisco, that this is what would come up in the imagination. Very long dance tracks, uh, people shimmying in polyester suits, that sort of thing. In terms of the specific conventions of the genre and artists in the genre, I would not really be able to name anything. Beyond what we saw at Eurovision and the meat cute in House of Gucci, I I don't have much more familiarity with Italo Disco.
0: We will get to why you can't really name any of the artists. That is entirely part of the package. The right place to start feels like breaking down the term Italo Disco into its component parts. Uh, Webster's Dictionary does not have an entry for Italo. Okay, (laughs) And I did not use to look up the word disco. But so let's just start out with Italo Disco. Much like Yacht Rock, the name Italo sort of gets applied to it after the fact rather than in the moment. And primarily, there is a German record label that starts putting out a bunch of compilation albums called ZYX that sort of dubs all of these songs as it puts them into compilations as Italo disco because the producers are Italian but if you were in Italy in the 80s it's just 80s pop music it also tends to get broadly applied to dance music of this style regardless of the actual nation of origin or if the performers are Italian because oftentimes they're not is it disco and the answer there is yes primarily this emerges or at least this ...becomes Italo Disco because in America, Disco kind of quote-unquote dies in 1979. There are many other podcasts that have done wonderful explanations of Disco Demolition Night... ...I'd personally point to You're Wrong About. But what it means is that Disco doesn't actually die, it just kind of goes back underground... ...and continues to morph into like, house and other dance music forms. Whereas in Europe, it remains popular. The major producers of, of Disco, like your Giorgio Marauders, for instance continue doing music in that vein and have that morph over the 80s. But Italo Disco kind of seems to get applied to essentially like the B-movie version of disco. You know my love of trashy canon films. This is essentially the trashy canon films version of disco music. There's not a lot of money, but there's like a lot of heart. Right.
1: (laughs) The Xanadu of music.
0: A lot of what I think of and what gets dubbed Italo Disco comes from the early to mid 80s. You mentioned not being able to name any of the performers. It's largely a producer-driven genre, and oftentimes there's an artist's name on the label, but that's just sort of like a one-time combination of some producer and some vocalist whose name might not actually be that name that's on the label.
1: Right. Just so that you have someone's face on the record so
0: that people will buy it. These are often one-offs or 12 inches. There's never an album by these people, which makes... Finding and now reissuing Italo, kind of tricky. I have watched various artists and tracks switch hands on Spotify a bunch, or or just like temporarily become unavailable just because of publishing rights. Let's get into what makes a song Italo Disco. There are a few guidelines, but mostly I'm just going to start talking about vibes.
1: Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a real chill episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Just, just sort of more of just like a mood. This is why all of the song and artists I was thrown out during the medley at Eurovision, I've realized, oh, wait a minute. There, there's not like a good 30 seconds of this song to clip. Which is why I apparently assigned myself the task of coming up with 30 to 45 second clips of these songs, (laughs) and oh boy.
1: Welcome to my world.
0: (laughs) Because these are often Italian producers, Italian or Greek, or vocalists where English is not their first language, is that the vocals themselves kind of become an instrument in the mix, or the songs are as much about the instrumental as they are the vocals on top of them. Another word that comes up in all of the articles I was consulting that define what... Italo is is chintzy the keyboards are bad one of them describes it as tuna can drum machines if you listen to bwh's stop synthy completely in studio this is one of my favorite italo disco songs and this is roughly 30 seconds of just like six and a half minutes and most of it's just this there are vocals but they don't really matter
1: it feels like you can really place this in time too where it's like it, it does have that sort of late 70s dance sound but you can kind of hear the influence of the uh, sort of 80s new wave synth kind of sneaking in as well. It really is bridging that gap between the two genres, I think.
0: Another one that I was actually kind of surprised not get referenced at all in the Italian Disco number. So Cleo's Faces. that one i just threw out while watching it and and got responses on twitter people were like yes
1: i almost want to guess the year on these this feels very 1982 or at least in 1982 in the us i'm guessing it
0: might be a little bit earlier than that oh weirdly it's from 1985 really yes okay i can i okay but it feels very solidly 80s
1: it was reminding me of very early madonna but then also kind of the Not quite expose, but like moving more into that realm.
0: Yeah, like not quite freestyle, but very close. Yes. This is one of the rare ones with English lyrics where they kind of make sense or they kind of match. Another part of Italo is the lyrics are super cheesy. The vocals are just all over the place.
1: Is it kind of like the Swedish style of songwriting where it's just like, yep, just syllables match the meter it doesn't matter what those syllables compose
0: yeah and then it also reminds me when we were talking with Bradley the first time about things being matchy matchy cuz there's a lot of that too there are often times where the song was released both as an instrumental and with the vocals so obviously the instrumental is meant to live on its own and then when you listen to it with the vocals they can just be super weird i sent over a video clip of the group dubbed radio band doing radio rap i tried to find this one on spotify and when you just type in radio rap and radio band it's real tough i cannot find it there but this one is one that has a live performance clip online where it just looks like the generic version of the super bowl shuffle oh okay yeah i sent over the video clip go hit play and get a couple minutes in because again this song is six minutes long okay and
1: they're introducing the group oh god those shirts <laughs> <laughs>
0: It looks like the fabric that you'd make bus seats out of.
1: Yeah. So there's close to a dozen people on stage. It's just the people in the white pants and the ugly shirts, right? Yes. Oh,
0: and a child. And a child. Uh. <laughs> we can, I cannot stress that enough. There's a child that's part of the group. Who are any of these people? Great question. I don't know. There is no need to watch all six minutes of this, but like they just sort of take turns at the microphone. I've I've clipped a part of the song.
1: Okay. Yeah. They just started the music and they're clapping. <laughs>
0: accesa si consuma pian piano, ti leggo il notiziario ma mi trema la mano finisce la giornata si schiarisce la voce la radio benzadonte manda un cielo veloce un disco che
1: rimanex and
0: you've gotten the visual again it is six minutes of these people oh it looks very public access okay
1: yeah it's like the super bowl shuffle meets the seinfeld theme song as a posse track (laughs) yeah like it's got that super
0: sweet bass line happening throughout
1: it is very mid 80s my name is mike and i'm here to say rapping's the best thing any day yeah i like to do rapping
0: in a major way yeah it
1: was the style at
0: the time so <laughs> yes it w- it really was the style at the time when there are lyrics they just don't make sense another one of my favorites is gaz nevada's special agent man and specifically because the vocal line is borderline robotic and it has that swedish quality of this is the lyrical pattern and these are the words that fit but it makes just enough sense that your brain tries to make it make sense
1: i know you are my special agent man, you spy my secret dreams on your private TV set. When I make love or have something to drink, you have complete control over my heartbeat because I know you are my special agent man. You spy my secret dreams on your private TV set. When I'm working or washing my hair you kill all my lovers on your new electric chair. This was one of the ones that you sent me on the playlist before we recorded and
0: uh, yeah this this one stuck out to me and I think it was mainly because of the lyrics it's another one with a real sweet line for 7 minutes with the weirdest lyrics on top I'm
1: kind of surprised that this hasn't been adopted by TikTok cuz she really sounds like the TikTok voice
0: there's the current trend of making the TikTok voice Do things like Radiohead's "Fitter Happier." (laughs) I saw another one where it's the TikTok voice doing various bits from uh, "Is It American Psycho," the 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 Patrick Bateman movie. Yes. Okay. Where where it's just filling in a bunch of his monologues, like the "Hit to Be Square" one, with the TikTok voice. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're right about it having that hypnotic quality. Where what she's saying is very bonkers. It's got a good beat and you can dance to it. That that's all that really matters and yeah like the actual content is secondary i think
0: it's all about like a mood and a vibe and the lyrics kind of go with it you just need to turn your brain off for most of them i'm just gonna keep calling all these songs my favorite just as a heads up plus two's melody is another one where the vocal line almost makes sense
1: At least musically, it sounds kind of modern mm-hmm. in a weird way. But yeah, the vocals of it just kind of like the first part of this clip. It's giving me a little bit of Santa gold, but at the end, it trips into being very of the moment of the 80s.
0: I didn't grab the clip. I wish you were here where I am with your nonconformist friend or just like little mask is a masquerade of happiness. It's like that kind of weird mashy mashy thing that Italian music tends to do. They're like maybe like three lyrical themes that pop up in Italo disco a lot. One of the articles I was looking at as backup just describes the lyrics of Italo disco songs as being dumb as chewing gum. The one in particular it's talking about is Paula Cacus's Boom Boom. <laughs> Which, that one was on the playlist I sent you. One of the Italo disco themes is love, and it's never subtle.
1: I didn't really look at the playlist before I started playing. And hearing this, it's like, wow, this sounds really familiar. I think something must have sampled this. And then I realized, oh, no, it's Boom Boom. Like, I, I was familiar with this song before today's conversation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. So, but yeah, su- subtle, it is not. It is so. just <laughs> the opposite of
0: subtle. <laughs> The instrumental is the cheapest keyboard, but it's it's like a real good bass line.
1: I don't even know where to begin on this, because, like, yeah, lyrically, it's just, oh no, but... I'm guessing this is like what, eighty-seven ish? Eighty-eight?
0: I'm looking that up right now. In in re-listening to the clip, I know why I pulled this in because similar to how country music has a braid of bluegrass and folk music and other things, one of the styles that makes up the braid that is a tallow disco is high energy. You can really hear the drum patterns and the particular arpeggiated synth happening here. Uh you are bang on. Boom boom comes out in nineteen eighty seven. <laughs> i know my euro trash <laughs> knowing the clips that i have lined up that makes so much sense so, so get excited or terrified <laughs> but like one of the other lyrical themes that pops up in italo disco a lot is robots or space or space robots or just throwing all of them together just like <laughs> having sex with space robots charlie's spacer woman is another classic of the genre and it mashes all three of those up <laughs>
1: i I definitely got like sex and robots from that yeah (laughs) Uh, and then like the and then the
0: other clip that i pulled la bionda's i want to be your lover is i think from either 1980 or 1981 one of the earlier parts of the genre but that one's a space horror story about hearing a call across space you'll hear the call as the song goes on it's very clearly oh no this is not a woman
1: Pretty sure I've not heard this one before. And that surprises me because this, yeah, like this really does... You, you said 80, 81, like that that feels right. The library that I worked at back home had a lot in the collection of new wave hits of the 80s in the CD section. And it was like one of those compilation albums where number one, it wasn't always new wave. Number two, it was a lot of tracks like this where it was just like, oh yeah, like we were just able to get it because the rights were cheap and throw it on there. But yeah, this feels of a piece with that and very much my aesthetic. So <laughs> well, and like there
0: are a number of compilations that people have thrown together just because this is very much the sort of thing where crate diggers love digging up all of these various things everybody has their playlist of their favorite ones this is by no means a comprehensive sampling it is just i the things that i felt best exemplified the pieces of the genre the zyx label continues to put out compilations. I think they still put out compilations. Starting in the 2010s is when a couple of major compilations start to come out that sort of help bring these songs back. These songs seem to keep getting republished by different publishers on Spotify, so you kind of had to keep an eye on the tracks you've added to your playlist to make sure that they're still there, which can be both great and frustrating. BWH's stop I've seen on three different Compilations where the one that I found for the playlist I sent you is different from the one that I used to have on a playlist elsewhere. There are lots of different record labels that are now specializing in reissuing these things, like Radio Rap, I just found before the show. There is an Italian label, obviously, where they did a repress of the vinyl just because it had gotten very rare. So that is a quick primer on what is Italo Disco? What does it sound like? Starting from the mid 80s, it starts to kind of morph and stops in along the way to what we hear at Eurovision a few times. In particular, the medley we heard, I will be talking about the songs that I was able to clearly make out, and then some other fun little Easter eggs along the way. This is sort of both a chronological and a global tour. The first place we're going to go is the UK, because talking about Boom Boom, you can very clearly hear High Energy. One of the producers that picks up High Energy and runs with it to some level of success is Stock Aitken and Waterman in the UK. As kind of tends to be the case with trends in club music what starts out as being the underground eventually becomes mainstream pop i've pulled 3 Stock Aiken Waterman songs that sort of showcase that the first one i've sent you is clip a from 1984
1: go ahead and press play oh, well, Okay, it's the mystery how many of these songs are in Mike's playlist, because so far we're one for one.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> That's Divine. Divine has a couple of UK hit singles, including You Think You're a Man. By 1985, you're definitely going to know this one. Nobody Dead or Alive's You Spin Me Round Like a Record. That one really sounds like it's cut from the same cloth as Boom Boom, Mm -hmm. just musically. Uh, Boom Boom, it may surprise you, does not chart on the Billboard chart. Dead or Alive gets to number 11.
1: Honestly, that is one of my favorite music videos, just because it is so budget, but so incredibly well executed. And I don't think it's a perfect pop song, but it, it is like part of the criteria I use in evaluating what makes a perfect
0: pop song music video wise it's from that perfect slice of the 80s where it's like we have one day and we are going to do all 17 of these setups exactly stocky and waterman this is also around the time that they start working with kylie minogue who at the time is a soap opera star i don't want to call them the arc music factory of their time their stuff is never quite as insipid as rebecca black's friday was Right, (laughs) (laughs) but they do eventually get to a point where they're literally just pulling people off the street like we can get a number one in the uk with you they're figuring out what works in terms of mainstream pop and a couple years later you get like this song from 1988 did this one on purpose yeah i knew i was gonna get rick Rule, <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> this is the high point for stock and waterman in america is rick astley the number one series over at stereo gum rightly points out that together forever and never gonna give you up sounds super similar and i think americans are just like oh this is the same song we like it but we're not gonna give you a number one ever again stock and waterman continue to have hits throughout the 80s in the uk but by the early '90s. It's really just becoming a parent that's just like, "Oh, no, you're just applying the same formula over and over again. Why do these two teen girls sound like the lyrics are coming from two forty year olds?" yeah because <laughs> it's all complaining about the radio there's a song by the reynolds girl called i'd rather jack that i almost pulled a clip of but like i just don't like the song basically the threads that form italo disco come together in the early 80s and they start to separate again towards the end of the decade high energy kind of goes over to the uk has a moment with stock and waterman back in italy it's 1991 eurovision is happening and so you have the opening of eurovision 1991
1: Actually sat down and listened to the lyrics of this because it is an endless song but a lot of nothing going on there which is fascinating yes <laughs> uh,
0: but but also just like very italo disco yep the vibes right uh but anyway so like that opens up eurovision 1991 hello we're in italy but elsewhere one of the other threads of italo disco that's starting to have more prominence on its own is Eurodance. Which celebration kind of sounds like, but there's definitely some better examples of that, particularly from the early 90s. So now go ahead and click on the clip from 1990.
1: Like I've not listened to this particular track so closely where it sounds like there's a guy who has the hiccups on a particular rhythm uh, yep. in the background. Yeah, it, it, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> everything is an instrument, it, it so- it's sounding like.
0: Yeah, it, everything is part of the mix. There's a brief window in American music where Eurodance is charting in the US. It goes through until about 1998 and we'll get there. And it closes for a little bit. And I just remember a part in the mid 2000s where for whatever reason, trance covers of 1980s songs were doing great. There was a rock set, listen to your heart cover. There was DJ Yanu's cover of Brian Adams' Heaven. The window opened briefly again, then we slammed it closed.
1: Honestly, this is so much of my coming of age in engaging with pop music. I was in Detroit. Like, there was no reason for, like, Eurodance to be so foundational. It was on the primary pop station. I wasn't listening to underground college radio or anything like that. Well, I was, but not not when I was listening to these tracks. This Mm -hmm. was on the commercial main radio
0: stations. Black Blackbox's Everybody Everybody goes to number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. The next clip I have given you from 1993 goes to number 11.
1: Yep, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like really at this point. It's like, how do I not know anything about Italian disco? <laughs> it, it me. Well, uh. di- well, I'm like just thinking about
0: you mentioning listening in Detroit. Is that from the same bed as, as Eurodance comes? From the origins of, of both like Detroit techno and acid house in sort of the, the same stints and the same kind of bass lines.
1: Yeah, like just the whole EDM evolution.
0: Yes. Yeah. You can hear some similarities with Black Box's song, but you can also see how it's both similar to and different from Italo Disco.
1: It's much more about the instrumentation, the vibe, the dance, the energy. Don't worry about the lyrics too much. It could be in The Sims and still have the same effect, I think.
0: Yes. Eurodance has a whole moment in the U.S., I tried to keep it to mostly Italian artists here, but this is also around the same time that you have Labouche doing big things, and like that was Frank Farian in Germany, fresh off of Milli Vanilli. This next clip will definitely be be very familiar from this year.
1: I'm blue. It's wild to think that that song is almost 25 years old. This was around the time that I was watching a lot of MTV2, back when they were still playing music videos. They would often have these interstitial bits where it was talking about new albums coming out that they were recommending. And I remember that was one of them. And it's like, oh, yeah, probably because this was a sound that was so completely new at the time, whereas now it would
0: be really kind of commonplace, I think. This is one where I absolutely remember seeing the video on TV. This one does chart on the Billboard Hot 100. It gets to number six that feels like a rarity because this was also the period where studios were trying to not release things as singles to sell more albums this absolutely feels like something in the same vein as aqua's barbie girl where it would be everywhere but like not actually available for purchase as a single which meant that it didn't actually get charted on the singles chart but this is also kind of the end of things or at least the end of the clips i have uh really doing any kind of numbers on the billboard charts Because electronic music continues to evolve and continues to form subgenres, you now start to get to things that are electro house and then mashups that utilize electro house with other rhythms. So, like this first clip, you will absolutely recognize. Push me and then just touch me till I can get my satisfaction.
1: Push me and then just touch
0: me till I can get my
1: satisfaction. I'm surprised that that clip is from 2003. It feels like it's sampling something from like late 70s. Like I'm thinking of like the um was it Flying Lizards cover of Money. If you would ask me what year that was from, I probably would have said somewhere in the mid 90s.
0: Okay, yeah, like that one surprised me as well. I thought it was earlier than 2003. I think the nebulous nature of when these songs are originally released versus when they actually come to prominence in America is also kind of in play there. It's Benny Bonassi's satisfaction, which absolutely came up during the medley because he was on stage. He was, he was there. Satisfaction goes gold in the US. They're starting to go back to the dance club charts. So DJs are playing them as we know from how we've had to look into how do the dance music charts work, but they're, they're no longer the mainstream on the radio thing. I wanted to do some full circle stuff of sort of like where Italo in particular is coming back. We left Stock Aiken Waterman at the start of the 90s where they're falling out of fashion. Two-thirds of Stock Aiken Waterman come back to write the UK's 2010 entry for Eurovision. Oh no, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, (laughs) if you'd like to be reminded, press clip J. (laughs) I, I,
1: I would not, but I'll click it anyway. Thank you for having it be the studio track, but not the actual live
0: performance. That is from the Eurovision account. That I, I think that is the live performance, or at least- Oh, no, believe. no, the live performance was a disaster. Okay, that explains why when I was watching the clip yesterday, I was like, this is better than I remember. No, they put the studio audio on top. Okay, yeah, because, uh, yeah, he, the vocals were not on point. No, like, I just remember no, the vocals no. just being real bad. <laughs> generic as hell like this was absolutely written for we don't know if the person performing this is going to be a guy or a girl
1: yeah and like not of 2010 whatsoever like i I don't think i could really describe what the 2010 sound was but it wasn't that (laughs) no not at all well and what's
0: interesting is that the there is another performance i think was from the uk selection show where it's a little bit more techno i don't know why they went to, to this mix speaking of what was happening in terms of 2010 music there was a, a largely blog-driven genre called chill wave that has direct connection to Italo. are you familiar with this song
1: theme right
0: yes it is the portlandia theme more specifically it is washed outs feel it all around that song samples what the intro music to today's show was which is Gary Lowe's I want you my best description of chill wave is if you took an italo disco song on cassette and you just sort of left it in the back of your car in the sun yeah <laughs> that that sounds about right
1: yeah for me like whenever I hear that track it there's I don't really know how to describe it but it, it takes me back to like when you're sick as a kid and you're on the couch like underneath a bunch of blankets drinking ginger ale and just that kind of like beige feeling that you have as you're just like uh I feel miserable but I'm a kid so there's nothing I can do about it. Maybe that is a very particular sense memory for me, but like th- this song feels like something that I would he- hear during that time and it just kind of takes me into a very nasal congestion place. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: I also had just like very specific sense memory to describe the song. Of. It's an August afternoon and it's very humid out and you would like to be inside. But also, you are 10. You do not have agency over this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lack of agency pop. Let's make it happen.
0: Washed Out's first EP, is, which the song is off of, is just very good. And I'm pretty sure it samples multiple other Italo tracks. This is around the time that these are starting to come back into the consciousness of the music listening public wanted to close this on where italo kind of continues to go from here and just thinking of the weird synth sounds the way that lyrics feel like part of the mix the way that vocals are doing weird things like it feels very much in line with what the the collective known as pc music has been doing another producer in that space which i've i've clipped here is is sophie who tragically died last year this is bip so go ahead and give this a listen but cuz like I think you will see like why I feel like this is where Italo goes. Sophie's stuff in particular feels like Aliens abducted a pop song, pulled it apart, and didn't put it back together in the correct order. For lack of a better term, just like very plastic sounding.
1: Yes, but like plastic with intention behind it? Plastic on purpose. Yeah, like this doesn't feel like cash
0: grab plastic. Admittedly, some of the early stuff like BIP is definitely made for a much more insider audience sort of the pitchfork crowd but the other thing that's very italo about pc music is they will just come up with an artist for a project for one song make that song and like there you never see that name again ultimately it's the producer and like a vocalist where they pitch the vocals up they keep releasing interesting stuff largely on soundcloud although they now have some official releases as well and ag cook and other members of that group and including sophie have been producing for other artists like charlie xtx has worked with them a bunch you now have Music that's continuing to move in that vein. Like, there's a band called 100 Gex. Mashing up some of the very weird synthy stuff here with, like, almost ska. That album that they released, which is called 1000 Gex, it's very quick, it's very in and out, it's delightfully weird. I don't listen to a ton of this stuff, but I always find it interesting, especially when it gets melodic like this one does. Sophie also released a song called Lemonade as a follow-up to this that later appeared in a McDonald's commercial for Lemonade. It's sort of like the... The outsider music becoming the mainstream. And then elsewhere in things utilizing Italo, uh, the movie Wolf of Wall Street, as part of its soundtrack, uses Umberto Tozzi's Gloria, which also got covered by Laura Branigan. Yes. Uh, yeah.
1: When when we were flying to Milan for Eurovision this year, that was part of the playlist at the gate uh, when, when they were uh, getting us ready for Italy's. It was that and Valare. so. <laughs> That's why I pulled together on Italo Disco. In retrospect, I knew more about it than I realized. Mm-hmm.
0: The very specific things that are Italo Disco kind of end about mid-80s, but the tentacles of what forms Italo Disco are long and have continue to have influence.
1: And have wrapped themselves around me like a quilt. So. <laughs> All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith.
0: That's me. If you'd like to support the show, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash eurowhat. Show notes are
1: in the description of this episode and on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com.
0: Next time on the EuroWhat, inspired by Snap's success, we'll be looking at examples of long-tail success for Eurovision entries.